0: Hello and welcome back to episode 6 of Loogie. I'm your host Zach, here with Jack and Andrew again. And an update on the last week for the Mets. Record 4-3. and 3.4 3. runs scored per game. 4.5 runs allowed per game. Still in first. 3.5 games ahead of the Phillies. Me and Jack didn't get to watch any of the Braves games. Andrew, what did you think about what you saw this week?
1: Um, I thought they looked pretty good Um, obviously the pitching is just not where we want it to be right now but luckily I think that's more of an injury thing compared to a underperforming thing Um, so I think they're in an okay spot they haven't pulled away as much as I would have liked obviously we have a lot of teams just under us floating right around 500 but then we're kind of doing the same thing so, you know, not ideal, but we actually gained ground over the last week. I think we made up one game on the Phillies. So all things considered, I think it was a decent week.
2: Some reinforcements on the pitching side as well with the Rich Hill trade.
3: Well, I was going to say one thing we did see this week, which I liked, was we talked last week about the hitters picking up the pitchers and vice versa. So we did see the pitching, um, at least in the doubleheader, pick up the hitting. Um, you know, we we lost two nothing in game one, which at least there the pitchers did keep us in the game. And then the pitchers kept us in game two with the shutout, with the one nothing shutout. Um so that was encouraging again where we're seeing people picking each other up. I mean, yesterday's game is a throwaway with Ikoff starting the game. I mean what it was he our number ten starter coming into the season. So, you know, that one's a, a throwaway. Um so yeah, the rest of it though we'll we'll take it. I agree with
2: Andrew. Yeah, and Ikoff probably
0: won't be starting soon, right? Uh, with-
3: no, he's he's they were gonna designate him for assignment twice until people kept getting injured. So he's, I think they he's did.
1: I think they designated yeah, him they for did. assignment again. And then he went for free agency. We had another game where we couldn't find a starter, so we brought him back and let's hope that's the last time we see him. Yeah, that's um, yeah, he... I mean, he's obviously not a terrible pitcher. Last night was brutal. He just could not find the strike zone. And when you're doing that and you throw low 90s, it's just not going to get the job done. So they're yeah, he should not be on this team. Uh, hopefully, we won't need him.
2: Another Mets news: We got
0: Rich Hill for prospects catcher Matt Dyer, age twenty three, and veteran reliever Tommy Hunter, thirty five. How do you see this
1: trade, Andrew? Um, I mean, this was just we basically got Hill for free. Um, Dyer is, I say, he's twenty three years old. He strikes out. A ton. He's really a non-prospect. Um, Tommy Hunter was already on the 60-day IL, uh, so I think this was really just a salary dump by the Rays, and we didn't really have to give up anything for him. I mean, it's a good trade. We need people to eat up innings. Hills having a OK year, um, struggling a bit as of late, but. He's better than Jared Eickhoff, so if he can eat up some innings, you know, go four or five innings, give up a couple of runs, that's perfect for us, really.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's he's actually already um, paid off. If he doesn't pitch for us again, he paid off just by making that one start. Um, considering where we are, and considering as Andrew said, Tommy Hunter, of course, is just a throwaway. Um, Dyer was hitting 194 St. Lucie at age 23, so. You know, not much to be expected there, and and the Rays, of course, were th- didn't expect much either, except as Andrew said, to be a salary dump. They also had a couple youngsters who had been starting, and I think they want to give those guys some more innings. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a great pickup. I mean, Rich Hill had some great years, twenty seventeen through twenty nineteen, with the Dodgers. Not great, but very very good years. Um. So, yeah, like I say, if he gives us another good start, well, then it ends up being a great trade. Um, well, I love, and I love guys like Rich Hill. I'll diverge briefly. He reminds me of one of my favorite players, Frank Tanana. Tanana was a fireballing lefty with the Angels, um, who was 1-2 in rotation with another fireballing right-hander by the name of Nolan Ryan. Uh, Frank Tanana blew out his arm struggled for a couple years and basically reinvented himself as a left-handed junker and pitched like 10 more years mostly with the tigers but also briefly with the Mets at the end of his career but just throwing that big looping curve at 72 and throwing a little slider in there and trying to sneak a fastball by 85 the guy um, basically extended his career at least 10 more years by going to that lefty junk route and I love watching those guys pitch because it's it's a chess match, and it's a lot of fun. But having said that, again, Rich Hill gives us one more decent start, and you know, he it's it's a gangbuster move to bring this guy in. Things
2: off, and uh,
0: with Carlos Carrasco coming back uh, this Friday, or expected to come back this Friday, that's another boost to the to the rotation. What do you guys think about that?
1: Yeah, I mean that is a monster boost. I think a lot of people because he's been hurt kind of forget how good he is, but put him in basically any rotation in the MLB, maybe apart from you know the guys that have a few aces, he's probably going to he's probably going to be slotted in at number 2 on most teams. Um he has been elite for a lot of his career. I think he also has this Kind of conception that he's injury prone, but obviously you know he had the the torn hamstring he's missed more than half the season, but before this, you know he had the cancer diagnosis, but obviously that's not like a baseball injury um he's been pretty durable he's been very very good um so if he can come back and stay healthy and pitch even say seventy five percent to his skill while he kind of ramps back up that will be absolutely huge for the team,
3: yeah, I mean the thing is the only the only drawback right now is going to be the fact that he's not going to give you a lot of innings these first two three starts, and probably even if he kind of you know can can um work his way through five innings, that'll probably be the end of it um so you know the bullpen unfortunately is going to be called upon again to pitch a lot of innings with him. And with Rich Hill, it's going to be something similar. I don't think uh, Rojas could be too eager to let Rich Hill go through the lineup three times. So this will put a little more strain on the pen, but, you know, we've got the horses out there. So hopefully, you know, once Carrasco regains some strength to go a little longer, yeah, this, this is going to be potentially huge.
1: Yeah, I think the other good thing is it wasn't an arm injury. Obviously, he, ha- he had to take a break from throwing. Yeah. But the fact that it was a hamstring means maybe he'll at least be able to get back to speed faster than a guy who's coming off of say, a shoulder or an elbow or something like that.
3: Yeah. And he is 34 now. So, But but I think that speaks to what you're saying, Andrew. He's, he's well-rested at 34, so he should be ready and round to go um, at this point.
2: That's this week. is going to be Brandon Nimmo's
0: impact on the offense. The guy is, uh, for his last 15 games, OBP of 429, getting on base like crazy. Jack, what have you liked from him since he's got back?
3: Well, one thing I like about Nimmo is that he, you know, it's so rare to have a guy that takes pitches and works out walks um, consistently in your lineup and at the top of the order that's exactly what you want for him. And that's probably, more than anything else, um, is is a guy who has a good eye and um, is just willing to get on base. Anyway, it's possible. And of course, another thing you don't see too often is uh, his exceptional hustle. And one more thing, if I may, he hits lefties really well. He's hitting lefties at a 3.59 clip this year. So a guy who can go both ways, um, and, and can get on base and with, with the good batting eye, I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's been so huge. It's kind of hard to quantify how much of the offense resurgence is him because right around the same time, you know, McNeil came back, Conforto came back, um, J.D. Davis came back. So it's a completely different team. But I went back and looked at the numbers since Nimmo's return. The Mets have had the best offense in baseball, which I honestly never would have guessed. Um, but they are batting 272 as a team. That's first in the MLB. 352 on base is second. Eight away OPS is first. So since he's been back, they have been like the best. But in that stretch, we're 12 and 10, so, which obviously is because the pitching has not been good. But I think yeah. that is. A well, extremely encouraging sign compared to the first half of the season, and the fact that we're at where we are right now, and we should be getting our pitching back. You know, we don't have too many guys out right now with long term injuries, like DeGrom should be back soon. We just spoke on Carrasco coming back soon. Um, so we have really six guys on the team that are solid starters and then if you add on the best offense in baseball it it's looking up going forward for sure and it really is just going to be a health thing a hundred percent the rest of the way
3: you know speaking of the offense um i don't know if you guys saw in the the new york post ian o'connor who i'm not really very impressed with but He wrote a a full column on the need for the Mets to go out and get Chris Bryant. And I don't know. I'm thinking initially, I'm like, "Uh, what the heck? What, what, where's, who is, who is he an upgrade for once the team is healthy? I don't really see other than perhaps platooning with conforto in right field i mean is he an improvement over jd davis i don't, they're, they're kind of similar at this point sorry chris bryant um dominic smith is hitting lefties and righties well so you could say well there may be a platoon in left field but smith is hitting both ways well so i'm i'm not sure what where chris bryant would have fit in this i mean don't get me wrong it's nice to have chris bryant on your team as another piece but in terms of what you're going to give up and where he's going to actually improve the team. But it's mostly about what do you got to give up to get a guy who's going to be a nice addition, you know, a nice spare part, honestly, for a team that is, as you're saying, as good as they are right now offensively. So I don't know if you guys saw any of this Chris Bryant
1: talk. but Yeah, I heard a lot of rumors and potential offers that the Mets could make to get him, and I'm in the same boat. I don't see where he fits on this team at all you know he's probably a medium defense upgrade over J.D. Davis but offensively he's just not as good or right around the same and then like you're saying none of our outfielders really need to be replaced and it's not worth giving up big prospects to get a guy who is like yeah he would almost be a utility guy he'd probably play a lot but he would just be yeah. If, if a guy's getting a day off, he'll probably slot in in the outfield or right. some spots in the infield because he does play a lot of positions. But yeah, I do not see any reason to trade for him right
3: yeah, now. Yeah. On a day of a tough lefty, he may come in for Dom or Conforto. But there again, even Pilar can come in and do. Granted, I mean, I'll take Brian over Pilar. But I mean, again, isn't this not about not enough opportunities for him that. That'd be worth giving up players to get him. Exactly. Zach, I know I'm you're a Cub fan. It's
2: to hear
0: that one of your only All-Stars could barely fit on the Mets. Exactly. Because their offense just, just is so sure you know hot that. right <laughs> now. Of course, I understand. Um, but speaking of, you know, trades and whatnot, trade deadlines coming up on on Friday, are there any moves that you guys would like to see the Mets make in particular? There's a lot of stuff around Max Scherzer, Chris Bryant, as you guys mentioned, Trevor Story. There's pitchers going everywhere around the league right now. Is there anything in particular, Andrew?
1: Um, I would still like the Mets to get another pitcher. Um, with where we're at right now, I don't know. Well, the thing is, there's not that many top-of-the-line pitchers out there right now. Scherzer is the big one, but he said he's only going to go to a West Coast team if he gets traded. So the Mets don't really even have a shot at him. Um, You got Gibson in on the Rangers. He is having an amazing year, Kyle Gibson, but he has been struggling recently. And if we could get him for cheap, I'd be all over it. I don't know if it's worth giving up big prospects for him um also with the Cubs a guy like Zach Davies you know isn't incredible but could be another depth guy if we could get him for cheap um but yeah I just don't see anyone out there that is worth making a big splash for that because yeah I just don't really see it right now
3: it would be hard um to justify giving up too much to get a big-name pitcher. On the flip side, a big-name pitcher is exactly what could put you over the top. Um, and the other problem, of course, we have is, let's face it, because the Grom is going to be a question mark the rest of the season. This is the third time he's taken himself out of the, out of the rotation. Um, Carrasco, obviously, is a question mark until he proved himself. So, yeah, I mean... Um, if those guys were question marks, we wouldn't even be thinking about, even though they're going to be pitching, we wouldn't even be thinking about it. But um, it's hard to justify it at this point, especially since with the expanded playoffs, you know, you've got a chance to get in anyway. You don't need to make big moves to make sure you win a division. You just got to make some, although I know the West is pretty strong, but at this point it's it's hard to, unless you can get a really good deal, Um, yeah, I can't see, but it would be a pitcher you need.
1: Yeah. One more thing before we move on from talking about the Mets. I don't know if you guys heard the story that came out today about Javi Baez. Um, he basically said he would love to join the Mets so he could play with Lindor. Um, I don't Mm -hmm. think the Mets would trade for him, but he said in free agency, um, the Mets would be the only team that he would be willing to switch to second base for uh-huh. just so he could play with Lindor, mm-hmm. which would, I mean, it would be very interesting because if you think about it's almost a guarantee that we're getting the DH and the NL next year, unfortunately. But that does help the Mets as a team with a guy like, J.D. Davis, who you need in the lineup, but his defense just is not there. Yeah. And um, McNeil can go play third at that point. Exactly. So if you got McNeil at third, Lindor at short, Baez at second, and Alonzo at first, it's that's easily the best infield in the MLB. Not and then shit. outfield, yeah. we're probably going to lose Conforto. Not 100%. Probably there really aren't too many outfielders in free agency that are top it's tier.
0: After all, you um, can play a little bit right.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, There, I guess we could do that if we trade for Bryant <laughs> and Baez, extend them both, uh, then we'll be the best team in the league. Yeah,
3: but, I, I, yeah. that's a great idea, actually. If you're going to lose Conforto, then bring in Bryant to play right field.
1: Yeah, so I could see that. But it was very interesting. I was not expecting to read that. I don't think the Mets are targeting Baez this year because kind of the same thing. There's really no spot for him right now. But so next year he would definitely be an interesting option depending on the price. But yeah. It was it was very shocked to read that thing.
3: So, oh, that would be interesting.
2: Have you guys heard
0: about this Cleveland Indian uh, name change?
3: The Guardians. It, the
0: Cleveland Guardians. What do you guys yeah. think? What do you guys think about that name?
3: Andrew, what do you think?
1: Um, it's well, my first reaction to it is it's definitely a boring name it's a generic name. Um, a lot of people are saying it was, it's the type of name that you're playing a video game that doesn't have the official license for the sport and you got the guardians, like it's some made up team name. Yeah. Um, but I was reading, I don't know if you guys heard the background on it. You know, there's the big bridge in Cleveland right by the stadium, the big um, statues are called the guardians. Yeah. Um, so I'm okay with it. Obviously, wasn't blown away, um, but if you're gonna change the name, you know, th- I think that's a fine option.
3: How long have they been the Indians? I guess since like 1910, no, 1920. Let's see. Napoleon LeJoy was their star second baseman. They were known as the Naps for a while, short for Napoleon. But I was thinking you could, you know, just just 40. to make up for. It calling their team after a a um, race of people you could have maybe just decided to call them so you're talking about 100 years they've been the cleveland indians i think you should have went with the cleveland caucasians for like 100 years just to to make up for that you know yeah, so we'll, you we'll take we'll take the hit for 100 years being and have a name name you know a team named after us and then after 100 years then by then you probably would have figured out like a perfect name perhaps i don't know but uh, that was my first thought. Make, <laughs> make make them the Caucasians, just to you know, as a as a way to kind of like make up for for that um, improper name. Funny. No, you I, I have a great I, name, I, and I'm serious. So I think the name should have been changed, and whatever they want to call themselves, I don't really care. But I think it's time for the Indians' name to kind of be retired. So D I N
2: S, so they get to. You know, it still, like,
0: comes off the tongue a little bit similar than the old name.
3: Yeah. Well, and plus, it ends with D-I-A-N-S. So all you got to do is put a piece of duct tape in front of the I-N and put G-U-A.
0: It ends with D-I-A-N-S?
3: Guardians Indians.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. So all you got to <laughs> do is put a piece
3: of duct tape over your Indian jersey and put G-U-A-R.
0: Wow. That is so smart, Dad. That is uh, <laughs> that is I mean, genius. How did you, you come up it. with that? How did That's you think else? of that?
3: No, nah, I don't know. It's just, it just, I just, I just. Your, read it. And it popped your brain my head. just I'm works like, different, man. That is awesome. So just guar, just guar is all you need. In fact, you want to make a lot of money, just sell, put a guar patch on, on eBay, and you probably sell a million of them. All you going to do is sew it over your in on New Jersey, and you're all set. You should start a business. <laughs> That's
0: brilliant.
3: Guar. See, if if it's G-U-A-R standalone, it's pronounced GWAR. The Gwar but if it's company. part of the word guardian, it obviously is pronounced guard. Um, just FYI, in case you didn't know that.
0: Thank you again for even more knowledge. That has blown me away. All right, Andrew, I need you to blow me away. Today is July 28th. 2021. What else has happened on July 8th, 28th in history? Well, anyway. right.
1: This day in history, July 28th, 1963. Dick Ellsworth strikes out Cardinals left fielder Stan Musial three times in a Cubs 5-1 victory at Wrigley oh, Field. It was the only time that Stan Musial was ever struck out three times in a game during his 22-year career and 3,026 games. Only struck out three times once.
3: And I would bet 1963 was his last season. And that means he was probably like 100 years old. Let me take a quick look. 63, his final season, he was 42 years old. So it wasn't until he was 42 years old that someone could strike him out three times. And
2: unbelievable. Too. yeah.
3: I think Aaron, Aaron Judge struck out five times as a 23-year-old. So there you have it. In fact, I'm look. at Stan Usual was 10th in the MVP, MVP balloting as a 41 year old the year before.
1: Yeah, I looked at his strikeout rate for his career 5.5%. I think the MLB is at 23% after the sticky stuff crackdown. Yeah. And his career is 5.5%. That is yeah. unbelievable.
3: And if you look at Joe DiMaggio, Yogi Berra, you'll see very similar numbers I mean these guys didn't they never struck out
1: it was incredible
3: I mean think Joe DiMaggio struck out like 30 times a season you know a guy who hit lifetime 325 so hit a lot of home runs too look at Stan Musial I mean he struck out 700 times in 22 years that's that's about 35 a pop you know so uh pretty impressive must have sucked no, he batted 331. Maybe <laughs> that's why he batted 331, <laughs> because he put the bat on the ball. You young kids oh, ought to man. learn that. You ought to learn that, you young kids.
0: Hey, didn't I piece you up in wiffle ball a couple weeks ago?
3: I hung in there. By the way, uh, Guar, G-U-A-R, it's a drought-tolerant legume.
0: So somebody already has your company
3: name. Drought? No, it's, it's a real thing. A guar is a drought-tolerant bean. Well, that's so awesome. So they are the drought Tolerant Beans. That's the name of their team, the Cleveland Beans. Beans, right, though. you got right to add right the
0: right and All right, MLB Fact of the Week. Let's hear it. Andrew, what do you got for us?
1: Yeah, so this week in the minor leagues, it was a Dominican Summer League game. It was the Mariners versus the Yankees, their Dominican Summer League team. Uh, in the game, there were 43 runs scored and one home run. I just put the, the box score in the chat. It is unbelievable. There was so 43 runs, 28 hits, 14 errors, along with 31 walks, six hit batsmen, 31 walks, eight wild pitches, and two oh. walks, And it went to extra innings.
3: Oh, what was the time of the game? That's what I want to know.
1: I think I actually have box it here. Way?
3: It was... <laughs> that to be five hours.
1: A, a, six hours and 35 <laughs> yeah, minutes.
3: Okay, yeah. That's a Fourth <laughs> of a day. How many walks? 31. Holy crap.
0: That's, and the Yankees that's lost. Crazy. Yeah, baby. Well, that's well, that's could, what you're talking about, Jack. What you're kind talking of league is this? Contact, there were 14 hours and 31 hitting. walks.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dominican Summer League are... You know, it's it's this, in Dominican, the Dominican high schoolers? It's I mean, they're probably honestly younger than high school age. They're the guys yeah. who are signed you know, when they're fifteen, right. sixteen. Yeah. And then they go play at the compound for whatever Oof. team signed them. So they're well, very uh, young, but still it is insane.
3: Maybe it was Thirsty Thursday and you know, nobody could get the ball over to play because they were all drinking before the game. <laughs> <laughs> Sell yeah, I love to that first Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. All right, Jack. Well, that's excellent.
0: Jack, you're in way too good of a mood right now. So, I'm going to have to ask you to tell me what's bothering you this week.
3: Old Forester. Well, you know, I'm going to go on. I, I, I'm going to talk about the thing I talk about a lot. Um, All right. And that is this, this the way we use our bullpen, the way everyone uses their bullpen now. It's just, it's just so annoying. Because um, Sunday, the game we won. Who started the... the... Anyway, Familia comes in in the sixth. It was a Rich Hill start. All right, so Familia comes in in the sixth. Right? You listening? Yep. All right, good. 12 pitches, 10 strikes, gets through the inning. So I'm thinking, well, this guy should, should probably oh. pitch another inning then. So when I
0: asked you, I think, will he pitch another inning?
3: Yeah, well, he doesn't. So he brings in May. And what happens? May can't get through the inning. So what do you Mm got to do? You got to bring in loop to get the last out. So you don't bring Familia in. And what happens? You burn two relievers. Because then um, Diaz ended up pitching the seventh, or the the ninth. But, you know, you you just burn two relievers because you weren't willing to let Familia pitch that extra inning after throwing 12 pitches, 10 strikes. So Familia comes back and pitches Monday, 20 pitches to 15 strikes. So again, it's just I don't understand the, um, the, the refusal to let a guy who mows him down with 12 pitches to go again. So it, and it ends up costing you two more relievers. So anyway, that's what I'm kind of mad about. And I'm mad nobody mentioned that I had mentioned Pete Alonzo going on a power tear, and he hit five home runs in six games. I predicted that. No, no one mentioned that.
0: Oh, well, you just mentioned it. You just kind of patted yourself on the back.
3: Oh, somebody has to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm finding we're predicting a lot of stuff on this podcast. So there's a lot of things that we're doing yeah. first, and then a couple of weeks later I see people talk about it, or people do.
3: Oh, really? Interesting. Hey, that uh, reminds me. I'm I'm drinking my old Forester here, Zach. What? It's really, what? really good. 100 proof rye, no. really good. But I just want to say I have to apologize for a, a – uh, incorrect fact I gave last week. And a really, really terrible, egregious error by me. I said that Lou Boudreau was the manager and of the Cleveland Indians when they won a pennant in 1954 as a starting shortstop player-manager. That was, in fact, 1948, that he was a player-manager starting shortstop, and they did win a pennant in 48. They also won a 54, but Boudreau was not on the team at fifty four, so just wanna apologize for that terrible error on my part.
0: That apology is brought to you by old Forrester.
3: You pat myself on the back and then I fess up. Without old Forester though, I wouldn't have fessed up. I would have patted myself on the back with old with old Forester, but I wouldn't have fessed up with that error, but I had to say something.
0: Honor. Well I would like to congratulate you because I'm not one to be bitter congratulations on that solid prediction that was actually
3: something yeah but he's not done yet he needs to do more
0: no no he's not and with Nimmo getting on base ahead of him he's got some two-run homers in his future right
3: yeah I hope so well and if Conforta can get on base it'll be three-run homer all right Andrew what's bothering you this week
1: well, what was bothering me was that Jack gave an incorrect fact. Uh, I was mm. going to talk about that, that a little superior. bit. But, I, don't, I don't blame you. Uh, give me a sec. No, so what's <laughs> been bothering me, it's another kind of related to Jack's um, a lineup construction thing that the Mets are doing. Um, I think they're normal. You know, when Nimmo's in there, their lineup is great. But when he's out, for some reason, Jonathan VR is leading off games. And I can't understand it. I mean, I know he's got the speed, but you see him up there, and he's just swinging for the fences every time. He's striking out nonstop, not getting on base. And I don't really get the logic with slotting him in leadoff. I went and looked back for Mets on base percentage leaders. So first, kind of surprisingly, J.D. Davis at 488. Nimmo, 465. Mm-hmm. Giorme 408. McNeil, 352. Alonzo, 333. Conforto, 333. Lindor, obviously hurt, 326. Dom Smith, 321. James McCann, 319. Then Jonathan VR at 316. If he's getting on base at a 316 clip, I don't care how fast he is. He should not be our leadoff batter. There is no reason for that at all, especially on a team that's supposed to be so analytically based where you know we're we're no longer leading off the speed guy. We're now leading off the guy who can get on base and can produce yeah. runs, and then we got this guy leading off. It just makes no no sense whatsoever to me.
3: I, I would agree with Andrew and and them, And if you look, the fact that he's only stolen eight bases, been caught five times, so it's not. And he is now 30, and he's not he's not what he was. He still has some speed, but yeah, I agree. If you're gonna lead off a guy bat with OBP of 312, who and they're not running. Nobody runs anymore, really, to speak of. So I agree. If, if, without Nimmo in the lineup, um, well, who leads? Who, who would we want to see leading? I, I think Guillaume would be a great leadoff header at that point.
1: Yeah, Giorme, McNeil.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, well, I'm sure someone will be talking about it next week.
1: Copy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
3: I mean, he was a great base sealer there for a while. I mean, 35 of 40. In 2018, 62 of 80. In 2016, but 40 of 49. In, in 2019, I must. Think, but doesn't he look like he's chunky? Maybe has he always looked Solid. like that? Six foot two thirty three. I mean, that's Jeez. that's not the speedy dimensions, but uh, <laughs> what can you say? He's speedy.
0: Got <laughs> the quick feet.
3: I've got the speedy dimensions, not, not this guy. Anyway.
0: Yeah, you've got the exact opposite. Speedy dimensions, no speed. All right, are you guys ready to hop over to the quiz? We're gonna go back to the old school format, if that's all right with you guys.
3: Alright, how come I'm two two tied with Andrew? I don't I don't understand that. Well
0: you gotta change that I know. today.
3: your the way you keep scores is sucks, but anyway, go ahead, Zach. I don't want to interrupt.
2: Thank you for that underhanded insult. <laughs> Let's get to the
0: old school question number one. Are you guys ready? Yeah. What was the length of the, tw- of the 1929 World Series? How many games did it go, not how much time did it take?
3: Well, who would ask how much time it took? That doesn't make any sense.
2: You're right. You're absolutely right. That would be stupid.
3: Well, uh, am I am I supposed to type this in? What am I doing?
0: Just just text it to me. It's the same thing we do every week. Just message it to me or send it
2: to me. I'm going to take it. I know who
3: won. I'm going to take a pop at it. All
4: right.
0: Jack says four. Andrew says four. The answer was five. Mm -hmm. A's winning five.
3: Well, I said the A's swept the Cubs.
0: Right, so you would have been right if you said A's beat the Cubs in five.
3: Oh wow, I was right about A's and Cubs.
2: Yeah.
3: So you're saying Andrew could just take a guess at a number, right? And get the question. This is both an old school question. All you asked was how many games did it take.
0: Yeah, so you that's didn't even, the question. So,
3: yeah, but if you're gonna have to, if, if you, you ask knew a question,
0: that, you would have gotten a point. He oh, <laughs> didn't.
3: Yeah, I said who played, who beat who.
0: Yeah, I know you said who be so who. Only if that say was the was, question, if, if, it, if that was a question, you would have got it right.
3: If you're going to ask a question about 1929, you can't just say, give me a number out of a hat. you got to say who it was. And you got to show well, see, knowledge.
0: You see, I'm giving Andrew a chance, and I'm giving you a chance to show oh, your knowledge. Okay. But right, here ahead. you go. I'm going to give you a chance to guess a random number, because I know you don't know the answer to this modern question. Are you ready? Yes. But you also can guess a number between four and seven. Alright. What was the length of the 2018 World Series? I don't know. (laughs) You can guess. Look at that. Uh, That's how the game
2: works. (laughs) I don't even know who was in it. You know where I was. Right. Rehab. Yeah. Alright.
0: Jack says 6. Andrew says 7. The answer was (laughs) 5.
1: What What series even was that? It was the Sox-Dodgers series. Uh, I don't even think I watched that one for some Uh, reason. Wasn't there a forfeit in there somewhere?
3: All right, go ahead. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) One game, the Dodgers just raised the white flag from the dugout, and everybody went home.
3: COVID-18. Let's get get
0: back to (laughs) the old school questions. This might be a valid question that you see as appropriate, Jack. Here we go. 1955, National League RBI leader. This one takes more knowledge,
2: I think. No well, guess right here.:
3: I'm going to have to think it was a Brooklyn Dodger.:
2: Well, it didn't have to be,
3: but I'm going to say Roy Campanella.:
2: All right. There's your
0: guess. out I'll loud. Just type it in. Hold, Hold on. Let in me type person. In. <laughs> All
1: right, Andrew. see one out loud. Give me Willie Mays.
0: So we got Roy Campanella and Willie Mays. The answer was Duke Snyder. I thought it
1: was a
3: Dodger
0: of the Brooklyn Dodgers. You Half almost point. had it. Half point. We'll give you How about we give you negative 1 for that one? Okay. All right. Moving on to the modern baseball questions. 2018 National League RBI leader.
2: Who was it?
3: I'm going to type it in this time.
2: All right. His answer's in the the uh, podcast group chat. So Andrew could
0: again look, but.
1: Oh, shit. <laughs> That's okay.
0: <laughs> All right. God. Jack says Chris Bryant. Andrew says Christian Yelich. The answer is someone who we talked about today, Javier Baez. Really? really? Yep. 2018 he, he... RBI leader. Yeah, he
2: How many he RBIs? It.
0: 105.
3: So he had more. I do RBIs.
0: I'm sure he did. I'm sure he does every year. 1962 most wins in the league. What team had the most wins in the league in 1962? I know you've got to know this. Which league?
3: In in the league league, in the major leagues in the. Well, that's. Oh, now I have to choose between the Giants and the Yankees. Yeah, I knew it'd be way too
0: easy to just choose a team. Well, you know the Dodgers and the Yankees. There was no playoffs and blah blah blah. The
3: Dodgers and the Giants. (laughs) Actually, there were a playoff that year. So funny you say that. To the best what? of my knowledge. I thought you
0: said 68 was the first the year. The Dodgers and Giants
3: tied for the the league, the National League. I'm going to Google it as soon as I'm done chatting. Oh, Yankees. I think you're wrong. Yankees.
0: That was the the most wins? Yeah. Andrew said Dodgers. You said Yankees. The answer was the San Francisco Giants. Okay, hold on.
3: I'm seeing the right
0: or not. With 106 wins or something like that? I was right.
1: 103. I just looked it up. The 103. Dian- okay. Wait, why did they play 165 games, Jack?
3: A three game playoff, boys.
1: Oh, and that counts towards the.
3: And they counted that. I didn't even just play one game. They played a three game playoff, which. As a you know, tiebreaker? So se- yes. So oh. The season did, uh, didn't end November 5th. You could do that back then. And the reason I guessed the Yankees, because I'm thinking if they tied, you wouldn't have two teams winning 100 games. But apparently you did have two teams winning over 100 games. And if you look at the standings and the reason that happened, you had the Mets expansion team losing 120. You had the Colt 45s, the Astros losing 96. And the beloved Chicago Cubs losing 103. So you had three really crappy teams. Seven of the ten teams that year finished over 500. Because you had three really crappy teams. So, okay, it was, in fact, the Giants and not the Yankees. Thank you very much.
2: Very cool.
3: Did I win?
0: We've got one question left. You've got negative three points. Andrew has negative two. This week oh. has been a travesty. Here we go. Sound good. For the last modern baseball question,
2: in 2017, what team had the most wins in the major leagues? I'm not even gonna Google it. You've been googling the other ones. Okay. And you still a, getting the answer? We've got Andrew's answer in. All right, here comes mine. Jack says Tampa. Andrew says the Houston
0: Trastros. The answer was the Los Angeles Dodgers. So we are going to a playoff question.
3: You got to pick something in the middle, like 1970. Here's what I was gonna <laughs> yeah, do. I was gonna, pick, I was gonna pick <laughs> the on.
0: '90s. I was gonna pick the '90s for oh. the playoff question. Okay. I, I, I feel like, have no I feel shot like at both the 90s. of you. I feel like both of you don't know a lot about the '90s, right? I don't know
1: anything about the that 90s. That is correct. So. All
0: right, and I don't know anything about the '90s either, except that I was born in them. So I'm just gonna say 1994
2: National League home run leader. Mm. I think that was the strike year. National League home run leader. That's right. Uh, Okay. Um... Who's got his answer in? So if you want to yell out yours out loud, that's fine. Okay. Um...
3: Dipper Jones.
2: The answer was Matt Williams.
0: Neither of you guys got it right.
3: Third base so
0: We're going That's right. We're going to pop over to 1996
3: AL home run leader. I think I had Matt Williams Stratomatic card. I got it. And 96 AL. It. 96 AL home 96 run.
2: 96 AL. 90s. Not a lot known about the 90s, apparently. All right, uh, I have my answer. All right, what is it? Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Ken Griffey Jr. You both said Ken Griffey Jr. The answer was Mark McGuire. It's 52.
3: American League? Oh, before he on the A's.
1: Ah, oh, yeah, he was on, on the A's, A's still. All
3: right, Andrew, let's just agree to it's a
1: tie that sounds good we both won
3: all right since you both concede
0: and you don't want to hear me ask 90s questions until we all die that's fine with me too so i Uh, win this week
1: yeah zach gets a point
0: let's go yeah that's fine i know it's fine all right let's go into the question vault andrew do you think we should uh maybe pick one out this week
1: yeah. Wow. Are there any that you're interested in? Have a brief conversation about.
0: Well, let's let's hop into. Um, you know, I'm, I know Jack's going to have an opinion on this. What is with all the batting armor, Jack?
3: Mm. Well, this is another thing that you have a mixed opinion about. Um, it it it's always the press. You're asking me. Yes, I be talking yes,
2: this now? is just for you. All
0: right. Well, it's depressing
3: to see when a guy walks, he has to take a, a, a brief moment to bend over to take off his ankle guard and his elbow guard, and then he has to go down and put his oven mitt. Now, that's a, write this down for next week. Oven mitt, okay? Because that's a whole nother thing that I don't quite understand. But let's just talk about the body armor. You just write it down. Oven yeah. mitt. Yeah,
0: oh. I wrote it down
3: you know, So it's, it's depressing to see them have to. And then you see the first base coach. He's got like nine things wrapped around his body um, from all the crap that he's been gathering from the guys on base. So that I don't like to see that. But on the flip side, you ain't want, you don't want, I don't want to see a guy get a, a fractured ankle or a broken foot because he fouls a ball off his foot. And we know a lot of these guys are prone to do that. Um, you know, inside pitches hit the inside of the bat. And it's going to go down to your foot. So, my answer is that I can live with it because it will tension. You know, forget about guys leaning into balls so they get hit. That's a whole other issue. But in terms of preventing injuries, I'm glad that
2: you know, I'm I'm okay with the body armor. It's going to prevent injuries. Period. Beautiful. Well said. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Very progressive of you. I know. I knew, there, I knew there was
0: a time when you couldn't stand, when you had to wait three seconds for them to unstrap and derobe.
3: Well, I will say this. I think there's a concerted effort to do it quickly. I think they know. Like, they'll just drop it and go to first base, and then the bat boy will come out and, and gather up all the crap. So I think there's a concerted effort to do it quickly. So I have seen that. So that's good.
2: Should we skip Test Jack's knowledge this week? I feel like um, I've tried to ask enough silly
0: questions this week. Yeah, he's
1: he's been working overtime this week. We could skip it.
3: I mean, I would have got it right. Let's just agree to that.
1: That's but, true. Just give him a point for the week. Right,
3: yeah, we'll move on if you just say I got it right. Got Jack,
0: it right. we're going to test your knowledge by giving you a point this week. Good job. All right, good. Thank you. Congratulations. Let's move on to the Joe West Award. Week six... Everybody, It's the moment everybody's been waiting for on this podcast. Who won it this week, Andrew?
1: So, I had talked earlier about how people keep stealing content from Lugie, um, and I was watching, I think you saw this clip, it was the Padres, Marlins game, uh, Doug Eddings behind the plate, and he was horrible. I mean, he's already a two-time Joe West Award winner, so no, we know he's bad. Um, mm-hmm. But he missed a boatload of calls against the Padres. So balls and strikes. Yes, balls and yep. strikes. And well, at, towards the end of the game, you know, the broadcast, you know, they'll show the play of the game um, or something like that. And the Padres broadcast decided to do the plays of the game, and they were all his incorrect calls, which was very funny. It was just a compilation and. The announcer, I mean, like, oh, yep, here's where you missed that call. Like, oh, this Mm -hmm. one was a strike. He called it a ball. These two. And they just went through and went, all of them, which was hilarious. And then at the end, he says, everyone in Miami paid the price of admission to see him call balls and strikes, Mm
4: -hmm. which
1: is, you know, my my exact feeling, again, when these guys just mess up so many calls. He ejected a few people because they were arguing. Again, probably my least favorite thing when he knows he's the umpire knows they're making horrible calls and then guys start to fight back cause they're clearly wrong. And then, you know, their egos hurt. So they start ejecting people. Um, but it was one of the first times I've seen a big time broadcast kind of call out the umpire in that yeah. kind of way. You know, you, you always have announcers saying, you know, their team got screwed by the call or whatever, but, they were really highlighting it. And, I mean, they had something to complain about. There were 17 incorrect calls in that game. 15 of them were against the Padres. So it was a pretty well, bad be game. my
3: next question. You know, I, the diagrams that you send us, it's very interesting to see the kind of pitches that the umpires missed. But I'd love to see a break. I'd love to see two diagrams. One calls how he called one team and the other one how he called the other, uh, you know, one diagram per each of the teams to see which team got screwed more than the other. But 15 out of 17 to the Padres, I mean, there's no doubt about that. He um, he has something out for them.
1: In the diagrams, there is a... It's called overall factor, and they try to estimate how many runs one team was given over... like ex, I guess expected runs that one team was given over another because of the bad calls. But I don't really know how that's formulated, so I... Don't really look at it unless the number's really big. But yeah, that definitely would be interesting. Yeah. Um, but so there was a lot of um, attention called to this Doug Eddings performance. But it wasn't even the worst of the week. Uh, finally, <laughs> finally, we have our favorite umpire winning his own award. Cowboy Joe, Country Joe, Joe West wins mm. the Joe West Award for week six. He had eighty-six point eight percent accuracy, ninety-four point one percent consistency, and nineteen incorrect calls. So eddings was bad, but West was worse.
3: Yeah,
2: Finally back on your throne, buddy.
3: So eighty-seven is the number, the main number,
1: is that Yeah, that's the main thing that we want to that okay. I think is most important. So yeah, he's eighty-seven percent of his calls were just Correct.
3: So 86-87 so far has been the the worst week to week. Yes. All right.
1: And then so moving on to Bill Clem on the other side. Um, Again, always like to just look at the comparison and see. Because obviously calling balls and strikes is extremely difficult. Um, But we have shown every week that clearly it can be done. Because there's a lot of these guys that are – getting very few calls wrong. So this week was Nick Lentz. He had ninety-six point nine percent accuracy, ninety-eight point nine percent consistency, only four incorrect calls. So again, compare that to Joe West's nineteen, a very significant difference. And again, just shows that it can be done. You can have a full game where you only get a handful of calls wrong. And that Hmm. should be that should be the norm. Unfortunately it's not
3: what I find encouraging about this is that we've had a different winner every week. True. So it's not like, you know, you got one guy. It's really good and everyone else is floundering. You've got four winners in four weeks or five winners in five weeks. So I mean, that points to the fact that there are more than just a few quality umpires. So that's encouraging.
0: It looks like these two umpires this week were umping in the same series, so that highlights Joe West and Nick Lentz even a little bit more there.
3: It does. It'd be even more interesting. Does it give a date? I wonder if did West umpire the day after Lentz? It was the day
1: before. West was Friday, and then Lentz was Saturday.
3: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Get in there. They're pissed. (laughs) I was gonna say, (laughs) Lentz was like, I'm feeling the heat here. These guys are pissed. I better call it right.
0: All right, yeah, now let's, let's swing over. Let's swing over to Jack's favorite part of the week—the role player draft. Okay. Let's see. Well, it's only let's see if he's the champ again. Well, of course. Go ahead. What do we got? Two, two for four, though. That's pretty good. All right, Andrew, start us off. Shohei, how many home runs did he have this well, week? Well,
1: so just quickly before we start, uh, earlier Jack uh, owned up to one of his uh, mistakes, so I have to own up to one of mine. Last uh, week we, or I, incorrectly had. One of the stats I said that Zach's Johnny Walker Zach Davies did not pitch, but actually he did. He walked four, which was the most that week. So no. Zach should have gotten a point oh, for Davies.
0: Shit. Yeah, well, which put me
3: still oh, not winning it that. It didn't change the outcome. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So instead of it being yeah, uh, right. four to one to zero, it is now four to one to one last week. Or no, four to two to one, sorry.
2: Yeah. I had two last week.
1: All right, good. All right, so yeah, how'd be, I, do I just... beat
0: Jack last week. Let's go. I do? <laughs> All
1: right, so home run hitter Shohei Otani hit two home runs this week. He sucks.
0: Okay. Atis, he got some homers.
1: Atis hit three. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. There you go. And, and Vlad. Vlad
1: Jr. hit one. Yeah. <laughs> uh... So, Jack gets the W for home All run All right.
0: Yeah. Congrats, Fernando. Good for you. All right. Let's move on to base stealers. Starling Marte, last week's winner. How do you do?
1: Starling Marte actually just got traded in a pretty big deal. Um, oh, yeah, he, did. Uh, he stole three bases this week. Oh,
3: man.
0: Ah, big, big, big. That's going to win it again, isn't it? Whit Merrifield. Mary Whitfield. How do you do?
1: Uh, one. He's oh, got to get
3: on base uh, to steal
1: bases. That's his problem. And Trey Turner? Trey Turner, also with one. Also, hey. now apparently has COVID. So, all right. Um, just Sweet. FYI for you, Zach.
3: Yeah, it works out well for the Mets. That's
0: so. good to hear. I might have to trade him. Right, let's see. Serial Walker. Andrew, who you how'd um, Max Monkey do?
1: Monkey with one walk. He's been very inconsistent recently.
0: Oh, yeah, he has. All right, Mookie.
1: Mookie did not play this week. I actually did not know he was hurt, but he's been injured.
0: Zero for Mookie Betts. Yandy Diaz.
1: Yandy, Mister Two Walks. Yandy, another two this week.
0: Let's go enough to win it for once, out of boy Yandy. Wow, that's big, big. All right, strikeout batter, Javi Baez. At the, the king. king
1: the king, future second baseman for the Mets, struck out five <laughs> times this week.
0: All right, yeah, not bad, not bad for him. Not bad. Versus All right, Joey Gallo, huh?
1: Gallo, another guy in some big trade talks. Uh, nine strikeouts this Yeah, week.
0: that'll my do good boy. for him. My boy, that'll up his value. Matt Chapman, my new my new pickup. How would he
1: do? Yeah, the new acquisition, seven this week. Pretty good All right. for, okay. for that spot that. for you,
0: but yeah, I mean it's better than the three. Yeah. That's fine by me. I like the positive direction we're going in in that category. All right, how about Carlos Rodon? How many strikeouts did he get this week?
1: Uh, Rodon, he got knocked around a little this week, so only five strikeouts.
0: All right, Zach Wheeler. Big winner again this week?
1: Yeah, big winner. He's been the MVP. MVP on the pitching side, for sure, with eight strikeouts this week. He's a bomb.
0: Big. Big. And DeGrom, how about DeGrom?
3: How do you do?
1: Another did not pitch. Zach continues, right. continues his stretch of zero. <laughs> Zach, to be ma- Zach Wheeler,
3: the bomb. Zach Wheeler, the bomb. And Jacob is only the Grom right now. Sorry. <laughs> Moving right along.
2: Yeah. Um, Johnny Walker. I'll just How many?
0: Quiet. <laughs> <laughs>
4: How many uh,
2: walks did
0: Luis Castillo Luis have? Luis
1: Castillo, week? my new pickup, got had three walks this week. There you yeah. go.
0: There you go. John Gantt. How'd he do? Ganter.
1: Ganter Ten. with one. Big oh. Gantt
0: with a big one. Oh, that was Zach Chuddy. Davies. Who? Oh, you couldn't pull out three or four. Come on. All right. Let's move on. Anthony Grom. Brad Keller.
1: Brad Keller gave up four runs. Also struck okay. out ten. I was shocked to see.
0: Okay, Brad, Mike, the King Fulton Fultonevitz, how do you do? Five.
1: Yeah, then, Man, that'll be still enough. Still, Bundy. Still,
3: he's still pitching in the major leagues.
1: I know. I'm. I'm shocked he has not been DFA'd yet. Dang. <laughs> um, Bundy, I have zero here. He may have had one. I think it is zero. Um, but I read as of. A few weeks ago, he got moved to the bullpen. Uh, sure. just FYI, Zach.
0: That's that's something I got to keep my eye on, I think.
2: There,
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I right.
1: believe he had zero.
0: All right, that's good to know. All right, um, Jack, do you want to pick up anybody new? This, I don't know if you lost, but hold you might have lost. I think I, I won again. I think you got second.
2: Oh, don't
0: tell me that. I won again. <laughs> so you got Joey Gallo. I'm what?
3: not happy with um Ron, John Gann is is too much control lately. I'm not happy about that. Oh, so um I'm thinking gonna pick it up
0: Well, I mean you won, so you definitely don't go first, but All I'm right. sure well, go nobody's ahead. gonna I'm sure nobody's gonna pick this pitcher anyway, so go ahead.
2: Andrew, are you picking anybody up this week?
1: No, I think I'm gonna rock with my team.
2: All right. Um, yeah, I'll stick
0: with mine too. I'm pretty happy with it.
3: <laughs> oh, can I make one change? I'm gonna make one change. All right, go ahead. Um, Blake Snell is my um, John Gant. Yeah,
2: replace put
3: All Blake right. Snell in for John Gant because I I I don't know if Gant's still starting for them. I,
2: mean, I went to the pen. Give me Blake Snell. Got Blake Snell. Congratulations. This is a big pickup. I'm sure
0: you're going to win even more now. I'm not going to change anything because nothing will matter. All right. Let's move on to the last category of the week. Music of the week. Did everybody listen to Kanye West's 808s and Heartbreaks? We had to change it up because Donda was teased but not released. To the
3: well, he's, he's on the 50-yard line at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium trying to finish it up.
0: Well, yeah, I had a couple of friends that went. They were, mm. they said they couldn't hear anything the entire time, and he just stood there. Yeah. So they were pretty disappointed with that. But I got a cool yeah. poster out of it, so that was cool for me. Right. Jack, well, yeah. we're, we're interested in hearing what you have to say uh, about Are you going to make me outfit. go first? Well, All right. do you, would would do you like that. us
3: to go first? No, I, I better go first just because –
0: just go ahead. Just get, a, get okay. it. Get okay. It over I will with.
3: say this. Now I get went it. in this one. You know I don't listen to much hip hop. Right. But I went into it an open mind, and I'll tell you why. I I was in Charleston, West Virginia, of all places, and they were having this riverfront music fest, and they had a a rapper by the name of um, Shalem. Shout out to Shalem. I think, is a, I think he's a local guy. He's from that area. But he had a he had a five piece band. But guitar, lead guitar, bass player, drummer. Keyboardist, and I think there was another keyboard, and it was him, so it was live music and he's he's rapping along and and I really enjoyed it um, you my, my wife and I were dancing down on the front front row of it, so anyway, so I, I, based on that, I went to this an open mind and unfortunately i didn't hear anything that I liked at all. It just sounds like a lot somebody some producer sitting at a soundboard, laying down some. Some beats and some noise and some sounds, and then he's just I, I don't listen to the words, the lyrics, maybe the lyrics are very uh, in, insightful and uh, moving. but I, I just didn't hear anything that sounded like um, you know other than uh, somebody some producer at a sound at a, at a board, and he, even some of his his um, rapping is digitized or, or modified so I'm I'm sorry to say in the end I, I, I didn't really um find anything there. I, I one song I was able to pick out my favorite song though, if that matters. And that was uh Paranoid. Cut
1: hey.
3: Hey, six on the track. That's about the only one that I would really say, well maybe I could listen to that again. So again I, I, I tried. I tried boys. Hey, that's all we asked. I'm an old man. I, I, I uh...
0: That's okay, it's okay. You know I right. I thought I thought this album was a little I I knew this album was going to be a little bit too sad, slow for you. Yeah. Yeah. You like the more upbeat and that's why I thought yeah. you would like Paranoid a lot. It's a yeah. it's actually one you can dance to in this right. album but but you did touch on something that this album is very famous for, the digitized voice.
3: Yeah, okay. This
0: this was like this is this is noted as one of the most influential Hip hop albums of all time because it kind of ushered in um, auto tune, like it was singing auto tune,
3: uh-huh.
0: digitizing yeah. your voice, yeah. Like, and it's probably his most simple project as well when it comes to instrumentation. It's just a lot of beat, bass, and yeah, exactly. strings, and it's it's very simple. It's definitely his most simple work, yeah, um, instrumentally but it was very influential in that way so it's it's a classic in my heart i like almost every song on it huh. it's it's my kind of my kind of music for sure well, andrew good. what do you think that's
1: good yeah i mean you hit on it completely it's definitely one of my favorite albums in general but i do like the autotune sound um i think at first when i heard i guess autotune in general Wasn't really huge on it, but this was an album that I heard after I was getting into hip hip hop for a little while, and I absolutely loved it. Same thing as I. My favorite song is "Paranoid," um, but trying to go through and pick my favorites, I couldn't because I just love the whole thing front to back. So yeah, it's definitely up there for one of my favorites for sure
2: given this album. What what are you ra- rating it?
3: Out of 10. Uh, well, let's see. There were 10 songs I liked one, so I give it a one.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I give it a three. That's fine. You give it a one. No, there were two songs I, I a quarter liked, so I'll we'll give it a three.
0: A three for Kanye. <laughs> Maybe the lowest rating ever for that album by anyone. So that's oh, then
3: make it a two. That's a, yeah, give it a first. Two. Make sure it oh, okay. stays lower. give it yeah, a even,
0: two. yeah, even better. There you go. Two that's is really actually good.
3: two is more in line with what I'm really thinking anyway. So yeah, two.
0: Good, good. We want to hear your true inner thoughts about. Is this it album. the
3: lyrics? Like, are the songs? Um, are the lyrics interesting? Are they? Um, you know, are they? Uh, moving, emotional, or do they tell you something?
0: Yes, I like the lyrics in this album. It's a. It's called they, 808s and Heartbreak, so it's a lot of...
3: All right. I mean, I believe bad, you. I just didn't really pay lyrics. attention to the words.
0: Well, that's fine. You never really do when you listen to music.
3: There weren't a lot of cursing, though, so that was good.
0: There's no cursing on that album. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's why that one was picked for this podcast, so all you right, could listen to it. Yeah, thank
3: <laughs> you. You know how easily I'm in. My ears are very sensitive.
0: Yes, of course.
3: All right, Andrew, did you rate it yet?
1: Uh, I did not, but it's All a right, ten. It's a ten for me, one hundred percent. What ten?
3: Mm. Yeah, I'm
0: putting. I'm putting it at nine and a half, which is basically a ten for me. I'm just leaving room for improvement. For some reason, I don't want to rate anything the same way twice. I don't know why, but that's how I'm taking it.
3: You could have a nine point five, which rounds up to ten. Is is that what you're saying?
0: No, I'm saying it's a nine point five. I'm not giving it a ten. All right. That's gotcha. what I'm saying.
3: He can do better.
0: Yeah, I mean somebody can do better out there. R- right now, it's the highest-rated album that I've listened to, though. I gotcha. So is this week my week?
2: Uh, Am I yeah. picking
0: an album this week? Okay. Um. I want to listen to a David Bowie album, and I'm just gonna pick one randomly. We're gonna listen to
2: Low. Low, his most revered record alright good critics, I didn't even know that so
3: you know amongst critics good. that is his I mean, he's got a lot of classic albums so I'm not going to say that's his classic but amongst mm-hmm. clear is that that would be his most iconic re- record
2: alright awesome
0: well I'm excited I love David Bowie I hope you guys like
2: it I've um, never heard it so we'll see so that's all for
0: the. Well, uh, week we're six. Done.
3: Oh, oh. So much fun.
0: You know, it was fun t- this week. Yeah. You really brought some chaotic energy this week, huh?
3: Well, well, you know, Old Forester will do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say?
0: Of course. This whole episode, again, brought to you by Old Forester, Rye, 100 Proof. And I want to thank you all for joining us for Episode 6 of Lugi. Hope you enjoyed. Join us next Wednesday for Episode 7.
3: Good night, and God bless.